another episode of the Ska Dads podcast, episode 21. We made it. We finally did it. We got over the hump, <laughs> you know. Wait, 21? We're old enough to... Holy crap. We're, yeah. almost at, we're almost at two dozen shows. We're almost there. Almost. I'm going to steal what Questo was going to say. Old enough to buy alcohol. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, man. Hey, um, hey, Bob, by the way, awesome choice on the song. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, Does He Love You by Skinnerbox. Uh, we're talking with uh, King Django uh, on this episode. Um, Mr. Stubborn Records, they're celebrating their 30th year. We're also joined by um, another podcaster, Matt Wixon from uh, Horn Pod, who's also going to be on this episode. You can't boo someone who's going to be on. Yes, I can. Podcast beef. You can't tell AJ what to do. Podcast beef. But anyway, does he? Yeah, does he love you? Is like I think it's not the first stubborn release, but it's one of the first. I think it's the first stubborn forty-five I bought. Nice. Yeah, man. Like I don't know. Like, like that song. I mean, the first time I ever heard of the song was on uh, "Give Him Give Him the Boot." I think it was. It was on that uh, compilation, right? And I don't know. It's one of those songs I kind of wish I ever kind of wrote or um, had the capabilities of having a band to play. Like that song over the years has just. Always, it sounds good. It doesn't get old. Yeah. It inspires you enough to want to do that, but to not actually do it. <laughs> yeah, like, like in my head, I'm like, I really want to do this, but then like, in reality, I'm like, I got other stuff to do. If man. it was a better song, then like, I probably would, you know, actually go and take some guitar lessons. But you know what? If I had like talent and I knew how to play music. And you had to like write songs and have put songs right. together. You play guitar. You 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 can yeah. write songs, right? <laughs> You're right. So I should probably get to work then. Also, you could give me the best song in the world, and I, the only motivation I would have would be go downstairs, grab one of Quest's guitars, take it out, and look at it, and be like, yeah, I'm good, put it back. Yeah, it's just it's the effort that I don't like doing. I tried it. How right? often? How often are you going and looking at my guitars? Um, I started last week because I'm redoing the bass. I forgot they were down there until last week. <laughs> all the strings are going to be off of them. Like, like, yeah. It's going to be a Baltimore robbery. It'll just be on like, all bricks and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's in their blocks. <laughs> How can you break the E string? How can you break the E string on, the, on all my guitars? The E string is broken. He, he, he's going to be like, Mike, I had no idea what happened. I don't know. Like, like some dude, guy came in in the middle of the night. Was... I was trying to replace. I was trying to replace the string, and I somehow broke all the other strings. Yeah, it's like no, it's okay, it's okay, AJ. I'll just. I'm just gonna pay 125 dollars for each of these to get set up again. It's. It'll be cool. It'll be cool. You know. See, and see I send you the invoice. See, he understands, so it's cool. Yeah. yeah I'll delete that email. He gets it. Like I didn't see an invoice. Never happened. Well, anyway, I, I think I think on this episode we're gonna really dig into the history of Stubborn Records. And how about you guys uh, share your like how how'd you stumble upon Stubborn? What releases maybe stick out to you? Um, yeah, that kind of, those kind of things. I think right off the bat, for me at least, was Stubborn All Stars, which led to obviously Stubborn Records. Just, just by buying a CD and like, oh, who's this? Who's playing this out? Stump Records, and then going on to going on the internet and checking out the website at the time. But yeah, uh, I think Stubborn, Stubborn All Stars was, was my introduction. 
I knew yeah, about Skinner I, I Box and uh, other Skinner bands. Skinner Box. Yeah. Almost by accident. Like, it was like, uh, I was uh, back when there was a ska section in the CDs. Remember that? Mm-hmm. You could go yeah. and it would just be like, well, oh, Russian roulette. Like, this is this is weird. And it, had, it was uh, it was the one that with uh, with this album, with this song on it that we just played. Dem- demonstration, probably. Demonstration, right? yep, that's it, exactly. Can't remember the name. Uh, and that was that was in 98 so that was oh my god how many years ago that's like 25 years ago that's crazy that's fucking terrifying uh, okay so anyway but yeah I mean they I I didn't even know about the stubborn all-stars until a little bit later because um, I just you know it was like one of these New York bands and I didn't know that much about them so um, and, they, and I, I just remember back in the day, when all the, when Scott was getting blowing up, Stubborn All Stars got a lot of press because they were like this all star group, and a lot of the ska centric magazines at the time featured. Um, it was only like one or two, but they they featured the Stubborn All Stars on a lot of their covers because it was like you know you have King Django from Skinner Box and a multitude of other New York ska bands, but Skinner Box was his main thing for for the longest time. He was kind of stepping out of that role and fronting this this new group, which had members of the Slackers, members of the Insteps, members of Agent 99, that's, and um, members of the Scoffalls. You had Victor Rice. You had Agent J. You hadn't joined the Slackers yet. Eddie Ocampo. Um, and he was, I think, who I don't know if he played in the. A, a ska band, a big ska band before then. Or, I don't know if it's Eddie Eddie Ocampo. Oh yeah, I don't know of anything before. I that. think he was in the Insteps. I think he was in the Insteps. Yeah, what, was he the drummer? Correct. Yeah, he was the drummer for the Insteps. Yeah, that, that was his first no, ska definitely. band. That, Their album is one of it's just a classic, and then you know they one of the first releases when Stubborn was the Insteps forty five too. So yep, yeah, got that. Yeah, but like Stubborn, Stubborn Records was and still is, in my opinion, like the label of 
like North America ska music. Like if you're like a legitimate musician, you know the history, you know the like the music, and you want to record. Like Summer Records is like the place to kind of showcase your talents or to even like put out your records for. I mean, it was New York, right? They were like the New York label, you know, which was really cool. Um, Cause you also, I mean, you also had moon records, but moon was much more, I almost feel like they were more like corporate, if you will. Whereas like stubborn was like the real shit. The DIY. Yeah, exactly. And, and the, and the cool thing too about stubborn, like I, I feel like, a lot of Scott labels release a lot of things like really quickly. And then, you know, they release things in bunches. And I think that's still true. Like today, like get a lot, like six or seven releases from a label and then they're quiet for six months and then more stuff. Stubborn only had like maybe one or two albums out a year at most. Well, they're definitely more selective. And so yeah. like the stuff they were putting out generally, if you knew it was coming out from stubborn, you know it's going to be, it's going to be quality, whereas you know Moon Ska at the time was you know, they're just kind of putting out anything and everything, and you kind of see what would stick on the wall, and hopefully make some money. Yeah, that's a good. Point. And I mean, like like the cool thing too about Stubborn too, like for a while, a lot of the stuff was recorded at Virgin City, but there were even times in the early days when they branched out and distributed like different albums. Like one of the, one of my favorite Stubborn releases is from a band from uh, Japan, the Blue Beat Players, this album, Torrent Rock. I don't, have you guys heard that? No. Nope. Oh, man. You guys are missing out. Yep. That was from the early years, too. Yeah, and, and the Blue Beat, I, to be honest, I don't know if they ever released, I don't know too much what they released after that after that album. And I, I think they had a couple, a couple things out, but the... the it was right before, it was probably like early days, like people knew about the Tokyo Ska Paradise Orchestra, uh-huh. but the trad scene over there in um, Japan was just blowing up and there were a lot of good bands, you know, that people eventually got into, like the Ter- Determinations. Oh yeah, I remember those, them. Yeah, they're, uh, the Oi Scalmates. Oi mm-hmm. yep. That was um, sort of like at the, the, the tail end of when I stopped like really caring about ska for like a while you know so like that's a i think like i don't know what, what that must have been what 2003 four maybe yeah and it's even i i was just looking you know like yeah I, I, they were probably one of the first like and i can't even find any of their stuff on youtube or spotify to play anything off this stubborn album but um yeah, they they were that album was pretty solid and it was like good traditional Japanese ska and it was like the, probably the first time I ever heard anything like that. Moon Moon had a Japanese ska compilation, but I, I definitely like this Blue Beat Players album a lot. Like in the in the late nineties, it was my my jam for a while. And then I don't know, like like I guess we're talking about Stubborn too because they just had this huge release. Uh, that was put together by Django and Matt Wixon, kind of like um, celebrating the anniversary of um, Stubborn Records, too. Yeah, so it's 15 tracks of artists covering songs that were put out by Stubborn. And like, the lineup of people that have covered is great. You've got VST from DC, um, Here First Does Something, The Slackers Do Something, Big D and the Kids Table, um, Ryan uh, Scroggins. Yeah. 
Ringding even does something. So there's a lot of like awesome artists from these days that are doing covers of some great tracks over the last seven years. John, who was just on the show a couple episodes ago, is on this as well. I'm going to wait on that because he did not tell us that he was on this album. And now we should go back in time and question him about this. Oh, he, so he told he told me, but he told me not to tell you guys. Oh, is that what it was? Oh, I see. <laughs> That's, I'm kidding. We, we're like we're like the lower level top secret. We just got like the the janitor's clearance. Cool. No, no. I mean, but but you also have bands like one of my favorite uh, tracks on the compilation is uh, the Checker Cabs cover um, done by a band from a Detroit called Killer Diller. They do uh, "Fight for Your Woman," which Checker Cabs have. I don't think all that stuff they recorded at Virgin City was ever like fully like released. So I think there's some stuff I'm sure that Django has uh, in his in his library of of really cool recordings have never been like put out there and released either. You know? Yeah, I mean that's what I, I used to see Sean Hissy all the time, um, and he he would tell me sometimes because like yeah they did all this recording and then it's just sort of like. Eh. Uh, we don't know what happened, you know. Uh, I think Bob Fair, who we also, you know, we all know, uh, I think he was possibly, I can't remember if he was playing guitar or bass for them at the time for a minute, and he recorded a bunch of stuff with them in New York as well, and nothing really came of it. So there's definitely some stuff out there somewhere. And the, and the compilation is called uh, Still Stubborn Volume 1, uh, it's definitely found on Bandcamp. I don't know if they're putting it, doing a vinyl release or anything else right now. I think they're just putting it up on Bandcamp to see like what sticks. I would assume it's on Yeah. Uh, I guess what one of my one of the biggest albums too. I would say on Stubborn that just stuck with me. At, you know, as as a kid, as a kid in high school, getting into like ska and reggae was was the rocker t album nicer by yes. the hour and that was like in high school like i i think i've owned probably like three or four copies of that cd just because i i don't know in high school that album we didn't know much about like the rasta movement the rasta religion rastafarianism it was like new to us something we were like learning and reading about and this album came and it was like this guy who was fully like in dreads was a rasta guy it was a good like introductory album without it being like an introductory like album like it just came out it was easy to listen to but um it is it's not too straightforward or like not too like soft it was it's just a great fucking album yeah and, and like it helped me find i don't think i knew much about like roots reggae and like that stuff until I heard this album and I was like, oh man, that track with the melodica sounds awesome. Like I want yeah, to know more it's... about this. I'm going to dig into that. And the dub stuff on it, like, um, I, it's like, it's like when you're, you, you can't, you can't handle drinking the, the, the shot, like the, the whiskey straight. Right. So you put like maybe an ice cube in it, you like water <laughs> it down a little bit and then you can sip it first. Then you get oh, that's, that. Well, then that's you like can... an old fashioned you're describing, right? You're going to put some bitters in it. And yeah, uh... I would say you need to want, you need to get watered down a little bit first. So, so, so are you calling like right? rocker tea, like the Miller light of alcohol? 
<laughs> no, no, Miller Lite of Scott, you mean. Miller Lite of Scott, yes. I'm sorry. No, I, I think, no, I think, no, I think, I think it like brings reggae. out the flavor. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I'm saying the ice cubes, when you're drinking bourbon, and I, you put get an ice cube in a bourbon, it brings out the flavor. It's you guys like, are so mean. What did Rocket oh, yeah. ever do to you? Nothing but put out group. I love Rocker T. Yeah, dude's awesome. I love this album. I'm not, I'm just... It, it was life changing, man. It was life changing. I'm just saying, it was just an introduction, and it just—it is, yeah, really good. I mean, uh, can we play something off this record? Like, yeah, what song? What song do you want to hear? I can't see your screen. Um, I think one of my my favorites would be like like Fire Bun Rome, probably. Oh uh, yeah. Well, that is. I would say I would say one more too. That was the last one. I It's like one more Matilan running down. Me good to kaya. It's like one more Gilligan running down. Me marijuana. And Rocker T was in Rocker T was in this like kind of like cutting edge group that kind of almost I think they got a major label deal and then they released an album and they were cut from the label. Uh, the band he was in before was called the Skadanks, which they were kind of like innovators of like. Like ska, reggae, dancehall, and like hip hop. Interesting. I had no idea. Um, but I mean, it's. I, I was as we were listening to this. I was thinking about how like something like this. Like when you hear this album, like at this moment is like where you start seeing like that stubborn sound, right? Which is like you know Victor Rice and and Django, you know, and Agent J is there. All these people, and like you, when you hear the Slackers now, there is definitely like an influence from this stuff in there, you know, that that like he's brought with him. And you hear it in Victor Rice's stuff. So it's like all these musicians have kind of branched out, but when you hear their music, it's all kind of still rooted in, in this like this little era that, that kinda of came out, you know. It's kinda of, it's really cool. Like listening to that song, the drums on it are super duper like compressed and dead and you're you're listening that's not that's kind of ballsy almost where they were just like no let's have it sound like really fucked up and not super clean and straight like it's almost like they started doing something a little bit more interesting textually with the music you know oh, definitely dude like i don't know like summer records like it's probably the only record label that i could say like i kind of grew up with where all the changes they've done uh, like the sub genres or like little categories or like even having different uh, labels on the side like special potato virgin city all that kind of stuff 
you can see how they kind of like changed the thing, like their sound and gone up and down. It's and as me as like the person that listens to all the records, I kind of grow with them too, in a more mature type of way. It's I don't know. It's been really interesting to watch the way they've just gone through stuff. Yeah, same. Like they had a lot of like the original stuff. Like we talked about stubborn all stars. We talked about Skinnerbox bands like that that put on great albums that are like. I wouldn't say staples, but like something that you would listen to all the time or if it comes on, you're like, yeah, I'm down with this. And then the big thing for me was like, in the, uh, the OOs and like later on, like Django put out a lot of singles. Um, even stuff like bands like The Fourth Rights, um, great kids, they had amazing stuff back then. Um, I think put out like a Snails uh, single as well or like that. And like a lot of the, the, the small stuff they did like that. Um, I remember like they put out uh, Bomb Town back in the day as well. Like. We put out like a lot of stuff that you wouldn't think as like those big New York, New Jersey bands, which I think is it's great kind of uh, awareness. Do you remember the, the Do you remember the stubborn uh, the house parties? I never actually made it out to one of these things, but he would just like apparently like throw these crazy pool parties like once a summer and have bands play and shit like that, or he would do it a couple times in the summer. It just never. Did you ever out. hear about this shit? I've heard about them, but it's one of those <laughs> things like either I didn't get invited, which is what happened. Yeah, probably. But but I, I mean, like, yeah, talking in the magnitude of their like releases and how diverse they are too. Like like the Radiation Kings, and then something as like you know, like uh, some of Vic Ruggiero's solo stuff has been released on it. Victor Ice um, Dub Records. The Victor Ice Dub Records, and then also like there was a period of time too over the past um, I don't know ten years. Where it was a lot of like roots reggae stuff that he was working with different Django was working with a lot of different artists from Jamaica and was doing more like roots reggae music um, stuff with like Johnny Osborne, Prince Ala, um, and that was kind of I guess you know he released that the, one of the latest releases in 2017 was like the Fortitude Rhythm which was all his collaborations with a lot of these artists from Jamaica. Um, that was really like you know kind of was an opportunity for him to kind of like work with these foundation artists some of them in new york some of them in jamaica like people from like um carl dawkins um little john um and then also like predator dub who's like a local guy used to play in inspector seven and does his whole like reggae thing who's completely like awesome underrated artist so like I, I don't know it's, it kind of spans you have ska stuff you have really good dub you have roots reggae you even have I mean there there were some like you know even like ska punk inspired stuff that was like high quality that was even like released on it like Sick and Mad uh, and Bomb Town and even like some of the, the Hub City even released an album on Starburn wow I didn't, wait what album from Hub City uh, Scott, Scott Black Sheep, I think. And, and I think their Life After Death album, too. So I guess they had two. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was two. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just super influential. And, I mean, I would put their importance a little bit above, like, Moon Sky. I'd say quite, it's the quality over the quantity discussion, always. Yeah. I can't think of a bad album I've got Moon, yeah, I don't want to say it, but yeah, it, it's, it's. I mean, this is more just based upon like my own personal taste of what I tend to collect or what I'm into. 
as opposed to like what they just what Moonscop would put out. But uh, I mean, one of one of my favorite like albums um, is uh, so I remember when I was that the Westbound Train album um, back in, like it was like oh two or oh three, and I remember like just first hearing like the, the album was great. But, like I loved Obi's vocals. I've always loved his vocals. That was like a great album for me to get around that time. And, and also, too, a lot of this re- reflects, like, Django's growth as someone who's producing, like, that Westbound Train album, he, he, he like, really, like, helped them get their sound down, and I think those kind of things go unnoticed with a label. You don't, you don't know, a, a lot of, a lot of these albums are probably recordings that Django worked with the artists for a number of years. Like, not not everything's recorded at Virgin City that that's been released, um, but a good a good chunk of it has, you know. Yeah, but like you know, another thing about like Virgin City or uh, Summer Records is King Django. Like his voice is very distinct, and so I've always enjoyed like his songs. Like when he's singing or that he's doing backup, because you know, like if you're listening to a record and King Django has something to do with it, like you hear him on it, and like he does have like the little special touch on that record where it makes it very distinctive. And I don't know, you don't really find that too often. Yeah, he doesn't try and hide. He doesn't try and hide that he's from New York. You know what I mean? Like, which is cool. Like he's not really. Like he's sort of doing his own thing. It's not. Yeah, but like his like his tone of singing, mm-hmm. like like his range. Yeah, but it's, it's very like distinctive, and I'm not sure it's correct, but like almost slightly nasally. Yeah, it's nasally. Yes. Yeah, but but it works fucking amazingly. But then, but then on tracks like Open Season, where he's like, you hear that influence of, oh, this guy knows Jamaican reggae. Like he knows, he knows where this music come from comes from the foundation artists you hear that in his vocal stylings and like we, we've talked about this on the show before like the stuff he's done with Dr. Ring Ding and Rocker T together like AJ goes nuts about that stuff but, uh, <laughs> yeah but uh but yeah like like I think I think too like Django really knows how to work with other people and his ability to to like collaborate with other artists and singers it kind of shines through the most on this label you know on on all these different releases his hand has definitely been on the mixing board and playing trombone and singing backup vocals probably doing percussion it's all you know i don't i don't know if he gets enough credit for all that stuff he does behind the scenes no no he doesn't deserve it like i deserves it but like one thing i would say though when when he plays shows i wish he played the trombone more because like every time he comes out, he, like he always has a trombone, like the keyboard, and you know they're doing like the live shows. I really wish he had like the trombone. Like I wish he played the trombone more often. Yeah, I feel like he should just get yeah. somebody else to come and play keyboards, you know, too. Like because if you drop the keys on a lot of his songs, it's like you can't. The song doesn't stand up. So it's like you can't. He's he's sort of forced between like, well, am I gonna do that or this? But he, he also played trombone on for um, Better Late Than Never, right? For the Slackers? He was like the main yeah. trombone oh, player. You're right. That is... And, and he is he is playing trombone currently in Inspector 7. That's true. Oh, really? I yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, awesome. I, like, I want to see more like Django, I'm sorry, Django trombone player. 
we'll, we'll come to Inspector Seven show. Like, uh, drive, drive eh, to New Jersey. Know, that's that's or, too much uh, effort, man. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to do that much. They play. They play a lot. I mean, I'm saying they play a lot in Mexico too. Like, they, they're very uh, rooted. Playing. I think they play down there more than they play in the U.S. Oh, they're now. so popular down there, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Totally. Right. Well, well, I guess is there any any other points or any other um, albums or releases anyone wants to like mention? That Cold Spot Eight record. I think that's something that's underrated from their discography. I think it's a really good album. And I think Dude, Cold Spot press. Eight is awesome. That's what I'm saying. I don't think they get enough like positive press. Big up John Pinto. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I love I love watching him DJ. I like like uh, throughout the quarantine, he's he's done some sessions even before quarantine. I think where he would just put on some records and uh, yeah, he's. I, I, th- I think we're about to go on like a different like conversation, but if John Pinto is around and it's like there's like a scooter rally and like just ska music around, like like we're having really like a really good time. <laughs> I I want to go fishing. I'll with say him. I want to go fishing with him too. I can't swim, <laughs> yeah. but I'll still go fish with him. The man maybe, knows maybe. how to catch a fish. Like, holy moly. <laughs> yeah. No, really, really great band. Um, the album they had before this one, so it was weird story. So they're, you know, they were from they were from Orlando, um, and I sort of knew John, um, and they were they would play locally for a while. I feel like they were trying to break out and just never really did, and they would ended up John ended up moving to New York and I think a couple of the guys also went ended up there as well so they tried reforming it and it's this is the album that came out of that but it was done with stubborn and it came out like awesome but it's almost like this isn't even like a real band at this point or something because they didn't really do anything they didn't really play sh- live shows after this album came out right yeah, I don't think I don't never think they played much in New York at all. I think maybe they played a couple shows locally, like the Version City showcases, but it's all, it was also a bad time because it was like 2005 and like yeah, the exactly. Scott scene was kind Definitely. of like desolate. Yeah, there was, but then there he was came like, back could, with like Reggae Lords and like all those other bands that. <laughs> Bobby Bobson here. Hope you enjoyed our little love letter to Stubborn Records. Um, I think we kind of covered um, so many of the releases. There's a lot more we didn't cover, but I think we kind of hit some of the high spots of the label. This is kind of our introduction to the next episode, which is an interview with Django and Matt Wixon about the new Stubborn Comp. Um, 
definitely check that out and hope you enjoy this episode. We'll be back soon. Hunting season is now open and all DJs are fair game. This is an invitation to all self-proclaimed scadon. It's a DJ competition and I have enough lyrics ammunition. Hoping season, DJ hunting. I tell you something Django origination Musical sensation From your rocksteady station Open season As I would say I don't need no camouflage Just take cover from this lyrics barrage Open season Don't you try to come to my town Cause I'll gun you down A lyrics fountain Go tell it on the mountain Over the hills and far away Django is the boss DJ Y'all look like some sitting duck And I don't give a fuck So don't try your luck Cause I'll run you down with my lyrics truck And I don't need no reason Cause it's open season DJ tracking Upon this musical box